Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is the Steelers Preview Show on WDVE Pittsburgh, presented by Unibet. The only thing better than a Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here are your hosts, Mike Brzezuda, Matt Williamson, and Merrill Hodge. Good evening and welcome to another Thursday night edition of Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship. 102.5 102.5 DVE and SNR. I'm Mike Persuda, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Merrill Hodge will be along directly as we continue getting you ready for the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, but uh, that's not the only game that the Steelers, well, I don't want to say it's not the only game they're focused on because they better be <laughs> right, focused right. on Baltimore. But it is far from the only impactful game in terms of whether this season can extend into the postseason or not. Uh, what to Expect is brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And, Matt, I expect Miami to beat New England even, even without Tua. Without Tua. Yeah. Because I think New England is just done winning. I, I think Their I, offense is broke. I Mac have Jones not been impressed miserable. all year long. Yeah. And uh, if that happens... That's uh, that's all she yeah, wrote. Right, now, right. Uh, as NFL research, our buddies in NFL research sure. have phrased it, Pittsburgh's most simple path to the playoffs. And they said most simple. It because it gets convoluted after a while, yeah. They don't want to get into all the tie game <laughs> right, possibilities right, right. and all that stuff. But here's a simple path. The Steelers win their last two. Miami loses its last two. If, okay. if Miami is to lose its last two, that means New England beats Miami. Then New England would have to, in turn, lose to Buffalo. No, I think Patriots are capable of losing to anybody right Absolutely. now. Yeah. Uh, also, the Jets would have to lose to Seattle and then beat Miami They played on the regular the season's end. last right. week. So, uh, possible. Possible. It's not the, you know. I'm going to put a chip on it. It's right. not like hitting the lottery. Right. I mean, they needed uh, Indianapolis to lose to Jacksonville last year. But I'm not optimistic about Dolphins-Patriots. Maybe I've had too high an opinion of Miami all year. Uh, I don't think. Teddy Bridgewater will make the mistakes that Tua has been making, and I think that actually in the short term, not that I'm down on Tua, but in the short term, I think that might help the Dolphins. And again, I think the Patriots stink. I think the Patriots' offense stinks. Yep. And better, yeah, better and said. It looks like some of their best players, Ramondre Stevenson's banged up. I do like the Patriots' defense, but they're kind of a broken team right now. Miami's on a four-game losing streak, though. I mean, they have their own issues, to say the least. They don't run the ball particularly well. They've had, like, one good game of running the football, you know, up up in the weather. I mean, I think it's a chance. I will probably pick Miami to win the game, though. I mean, 
they're the better football team. But that said, uh, you know, the, the, that's why they play the game. Yeah, and right, uh, right. the Steelers could be taking on the Ravens still with uh, a playoff heart beating. Uh, in terms of the practice uh, participation stuff from today, no Trey Norwood for the second consecutive uh, day, but that seems to be much less of an issue as Terrell Edmonds is uh, back to full participation as of today. Uh, no Larry Ogan Joby. Now that was listed as toe slash not injury related personal. Okay. Uh, I think he's at that point where he's been, yeah, this time been of playing, week he but right, right. he's been massaged through the last couple of weeks. Uh, Miles Jack was limited. Uh, the official reason groin slash not injury related personal. Now some of the not injury related stuff. A couple of these guys attended uh, Franco Harris right, funeral. Right. They yeah. weren't going to practice anyway. But uh, for the most part, the Steelers looking pretty good and pretty healthy. The Ravens uh, no Lamar Jackson for the second straight day today. Yeah, so highly that, unlikely. That is looking that, yeah. very unlikely. Calais Campbell knee didn't work, and Marcus Peters he blocks field goals. Yes, he does. Marcus Peters' calf also did not work out. The Ravens did not have Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Marcus Peters, Calais Campbell, and Devin DuVernay, uh, who Mm -hmm. is, I think, their best wide receiver. I do, too. He's now on injured reserve, so he is out of the picture. So Baltimore banged up again, as the Ravens seemingly have been for the last couple of years. Mm Mm-hmm. But boy, hats off to John Harbaugh getting this group to ten and five and into the playoffs. Without question, they're always phenomenal on special teams. They keep getting better and better on defense. The Roquan Smith trade had a lot to do with that too. They're doing some creative things on defense as well. Like for example, they played Atlanta, who's a heavy run team. They only had two cornerbacks play any snaps last week. You know, like Hamilton, their huge safeties coming down and covering the slot now at a high percentage. Yeah. A lot he's been doing that a lot. He's yeah, pretty good player. Yeah. He's doing a lot of different things for him. They keep rotating their fronts, and we know exactly what they are on offense. I mean, they have zero passing game. I mean, they really do. And their run game is diverse, and it can take over a game, but you know what you're getting. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank reminds you to sack hunger, get food, volunteer, or donate at pittsburghfoodbank.org. Uh, the Ravens ran for 215 yards, even though they were down to their second string and eventually their third string quarterback yeah. in their victory over the Steelers on December the 11th. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen again this time. And I have I'd be shocked. Mad respect for that Ravens running game, but the Steelers have finally won me over. I had my doubts going down to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I had my doubts going into that Carolina game, oh. and I had my doubts going against Josh Jacobs, the NFL's leading rusher. Last Saturday, Christmas Eve, against the Raiders. Yep. Uh, they have figured out the run D thing. And in that Raiders game, Matt, they also did not get crushed uh, in the passing game, which we have seen happen multiple times this year. Terrell Edmonds, the coordinator, was talking about it today on the south side. And he said the two objectives were stop Jacobs up front and stop Adam. Devontae Adams on the back end. Sure. The coverages were designed to, to not let him heat up, mm-hmm. and they took their chances with uh, Waller and Renfro and everybody Hollins else, yeah, and right, anybody right. else. And it's funny the way the game ended. It was Renfro running down the seam, and that's where the ball went, and it ended up getting intercepted. Yeah, I mean, there was an open Waller late in the game where Carr kind of airmailed it to the sidelines too. But all in all, it was a great game plan. Um, the Raiders are more challenging because of the Adams factor, obviously. You know, I mean, that – I, I commend, you know, it was a lot of Pierre banging him at the line of scrimmage with KZ over the top, Minka on Waller quite a bit, you know, and I think you'll see that with Andrews in this game. I mean, Andrews is really their their only weapon receiver of note, and his numbers are really, really down the last 
eight weeks or so. Um, this one's going to be more sell out the run as opposed to a two-pronged defensive approach that they've pulled off so well. Yeah, but I think they've got a lot of practice at that lately yeah. with oh, the teams yeah. they have played. And again, I think the pride factor is huge. I, I just don't see them getting pushed around by the, Baltimore again the way they did. The Ravens were more physical in the first game. Of course, the three uh, interceptions and blocked field goal were crucial plays. But I thought Baltimore was the better team because of how physical they were in the trenches. And I'd be shocked if that's as predominant in this game. And, you know, the, the Ravens' uh, passing numbers are just uh, minuscule. It's, yeah. uh, it doesn't look professional. No. Uh, but they're still finding ways to win games. But it was interesting to me watching the uh, Atlanta-Baltimore game, uh, my DVR of mm-hmm. it. Uh, a couple things really stood out. Uh, Tyler Huntley actually hit a touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson. Now, I'm, I'm still not sure he caught it, Yeah, but it withstood review and they gave it to him. That was the first touchdown scored by a Ravens wide receiver, first touchdown reception yeah. scored by a Ravens wide receiver since week three. It's insane. First touchdown by a wide receiver since week eight, and it was the fourth touchdown pass of Tyler Huntley's career, the first one not to a guy named Mark Andrews. <laughs> I mean, he really looks Andrews' way. Andrews has been fighting some injuries. But their receivers are so nondescript, and they almost never even have a second one on the field. I mean, yeah. it's always Ricard, uh, who's a monster, but he's a blocker, a, a running back, and two big tight ends. And some receiver who is Sammy Watkins off the scrap heap or Deshaun Jackson yeah. off the scrap heap a month ago. He's or not. Uh, he's no longer the man. I don't, I don't know if you're a Silver Linings Playbook fan. I'm not but, sure what you're talking about. Well, now. one of the running <laughs> themes, and that was about an Eagles fan, you know, and this, this guy kept saying, Deshaun Jackson is the man. Oh, okay. a psychiatrist he, that one of the characters was seeing. He, they rarely play. He's not you the know, man he's anymore. He's not the man. Right. There was also a point in that game, uh, the Ravens were trying again to get it into the end zone from in close and failing to do so. And Huntley had Andrews on a comeback to the pylon, and he didn't throw it. Mm. And Andrews kind of lost it a little bit. on, And he was his hands were oh, going up in the air, and he was pointing, give me the yeah. ball. You, know, yeah. you don't usually see that out of him. But no. as you mentioned, his numbers are down. And they've been drastically. They've been playing with one hand tied behind their back for a long time down there. Yeah. And I think it's starting to wear on them a little bit. I think bit. so, offensively. I mean, the defense is really, really carrying the team and is really hard to play against. I expect a lot of punts in this game. And I don't think that's all bad. I mean, any drive that ends with a kick in this game, okay. You know, be patient. Try to stick with that run game. Teams don't run on the Ravens, but they're not going to go out to a big lead, in my opinion. And if you're Steelers, conversely, you probably, even though you got run on mm-hmm. badly, 215 yards, sure. you probably want the same game. Just take away the three interceptions and the block field goal. And, and I mean, the Ravens have still only scored, what, 13 points? Yeah, beat them 17 yeah, 15 right, right. or whatever the right. hell it takes. Right. I mean, Make a throw or two, get Pickens one on one like you did. I mean, they moved the football with Trubisky quite well in that game. Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than the Steelers win is a Steelers win that pays. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to uh, ratchet up the pace considerably when we come back. Merrill Hodge will join us, and as always, Merrill will be talking running the ball and stopping the run. Two things sure that uh, you usually get around talking to when you're talking Steelers-Ravens. With Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Persuda. This is Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back to the Steelers preview show presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Steelers preview. Mike Pursuta, Matt Williamson. As always, a Thursday night edition of Steelers previews. We get you ready for the Steelers and the Ravens Sunday in Baltimore. You can gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops. Those are located at AccraSure Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets. You can also visit us online at shop.steelers.com. Time now to welcome in our factor back, uh, the one and only Merrill Hodge. Merrill, I hope uh, you got everything you wanted for Christmas, I guess for you, that would mean what? A new bow and arrow, or a new gun, something new, uh, <laughs> a killing device. something to go reduce the animal yeah, population. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going tonight? Actually, I'm good, boys, man. I had a great Christmas. We got absolutely nothing. We didn't exchange gifts, and it was the best Christmas ever. We didn't need anything. And Steelers won. And they know what the Steelers won. That's all. And how they won and the, the energy that came with that and the emotions that came with that on that game. That was that was good for Steeler Nation to help them a little bit through a, a still. I mean, it's going to take a while to um, just um, Franco Harris's losses. I mean, that yeah, that will be a long. That takes a long time because I've uh, I've had a caring place here in Pittsburgh for almost 30 years. I was chairman of it, and um, I lost my mom at a young age, so I understand the sting of death. And the one thing. I learned about the grieving process is there is no timetable to it. So, but it helped with the process. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. It it was an emotional night. And I got to tell you, you know, the the emotion of it aside, it's, it's impossible to separate the two, but just from an X's and O's standpoint, the way the game played out, uh, Cam Hayward, Merrill, I I don't know that I've seen him play better. And it, it, you know, it started with the emotion of Hayward being the last of the defensive starters yep. introduced and carrying that 32 flag on the field. And I don't know, I, he looked to me like a guy who just found another gear, not that he's not a great player, but he knew it was Franco Knight and he knew what everybody was feeling. And he just went out and refused to let the Raiders win that game, didn't he? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm glad you brought him up because, you know, obviously, I mean, I think everybody has great respect for Cam and how he plays. I've never seen him play like that. Um, he wrecks games, you know, and has moments, but he, he was a, I mean, he was a force. I mean, a, a I mean, a force, you know, he won the, um, um, I'm part, I, I have created this way to play program. I think we talked about it, you know, a couple a few months ago, he won the award this week and he won it by that one play where he took the guard and sacked up, uh, a car um, and hit him, you know, basically sacked him by taking the car and pushing him back into the quarterback, I mean, which was one of the stupidest plays I've ever seen. I mean, he's done a lot of plays like that. I used to do that all the time, but he, uh, he definitely played with a certain sense of energy and emotion and you could tell it. And it was, 
It was impressive. It was impressive. Um, hopefully he can, you know, keep that energy going because you're, you're going to need it. They're going to need it for this week. You know, I mean, the, the, this this team, they, they are committed to run the football. They love to run the football. And in the first one, they won in how they ran the football at them. So going down that alley, I mean, what was different in your mind when they played the Ravens in terms of run defense, as opposed to most of the Falcons game, Carolina game, and other, yeah. you know, big run teams, the Ravens clearly right. had the most success. Raiders game shutting down yeah, Jacobs. Right. Jacobs leading rusher, you know? Yeah. Well, I will tell you this. Um, we'll just, let's just use the two games um, back to back that they, that we they just mentioned the Raven game, how they played and then how they played Carolina, the Panther game. So um, what was interesting is that the, the Ravens actually, um, created some runs and targeted the the bubbles of a three four. So the bubble, like, and actually as a runner, I used to always like to play against a three four because there's two natural bubbles. There's two uncovered guys, and they use it over the guards. I don't know. I just as a runner, I used to like that because I just felt that there they end up being more options with it, especially depending on how your linebackers played. Um, now that's not true with um, how the you know when the Steelers have had their great defenses. I mean those linebackers are violent and they wreck the entire running game. So, you know, but anyway, they attacked that. They ran right at that, those bubbles, you know, they got the nose block. They got both inside block backers block and they got some of their biggest runs off of that. Um, and they, they really targeted that and had a, had an interesting concept, which I hadn't seen them do a lot of, by the way. So it was kind of a added wrinkle and based on their shifts and motions, the Steelers adjusted and jumped into the 3-4 and shifted over. So they knew how to get him to the 3-4. They, they knew how to get him into that 3-4 and the way they could attack it. Um, kind of give them the handle. look and then anticipate what you're going to get in response. Yeah, well, they knew that the Steelers, however they were going to shift, because they would shift, and as soon as the Ravens would shift, the Steelers would shift to their 3-4. So they knew how to trigger that. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the biggest runs that was early in the game, they did that. It was, they, they probably – they hit him like three or four times with that run in the game. Got big runs on them too. And really how they ended the game, they went right to their staple run. They ran their power O. Um, and then you've got to deal with that. And that's a strong side run. And it's, I mean, they double people. They pull two people in it. I mean, you got a massive body going on one side of the ball. They're predominantly a right-handed team, which a lot of running teams are. And the Steelers, they just couldn't handle it. You know, they couldn't win it. They didn't win at the double team. They didn't win any individual blocks. They just got – they got smothered. Okay, now you go to the very first game. I mean, first, very first play in Carolina, the Panther game. Um, the Panthers are going to run the football, and they do an initial shift. Well, what the Steelers did, they take the defensive line. They gave a completely different look. In fact, I've never – I don't think I've ever seen the look. I know they've conceptually done stuff like this before. But they shifted their defensive line over. It didn't look like a 3-4, by the way. And they had all four linebackers over on the same side. And they brought Edmonds down into the box. So he, yeah, and Watt was off the ball in the middle as opposed to the edge. Yeah, so they did a lot of. He was right in the middle, you know. And then he and he had, you know, TJ um, has got such great instincts, you know. He, I, I mean, he could play inside linebacker, I believe too. I think he would, he would be wicked there too because he does such a good job of timing things and anticipating things and reading things. I mean, he's these guys know tendencies. They know what's coming. I mean, not every play is a, a secret play. You've studied that team. You know what's coming. Um, and they did a lot of that in this game. They, they were constantly moving their fronts, giving different looks, um, crazy looks, and the Panthers just couldn't handle it. Now, I expect, not that they're going to do that exact same thing, but I expect something like that in this matchup. 
I expect different movements. I expect different fronts. I expect different looks, people lining up and making it hard to identify who to block. And that's ultimately what happened with the Panthers is they just couldn't identify people. They must be, And then they won at the line of scrimmage, and they had people coming off the ball and winning too. And that's what you're going to need in this game. But I, I, I clearly am going to watch for that. I clearly think that's going to happen. Exactly what it's going to be, I don't know. But that's what is always interesting to me because they do such a good job when they, when they choose to play like that. Um, and they've done it to the Ravens before. You know, most of the time they've handled the Ravens. I was a little surprised how, uh, how just generically they played, and I guess they felt like they could they could handle it. Um, so based on the first matchup, that's why I expect to see maybe more what you saw in the Carolina game versus what you saw in the first matchup. Yeah, I was going to mention the Ravens' scheme. Obviously, they play a different brand of offensive football than anybody else in the league. Yeah. But I think the familiarity with it is a huge advantage. You know, I mean, teams like the NFC teams that play the Ravens look like they have no clue how to handle it, especially when Lamar's in there. But sure. I think the Steelers have a pretty big advantage that way, and it didn't show up last week, last time they played. Uh, Matt, you're exactly right. That's why I was so surprised. Yeah. You know, because they have – listen, there's been times – this isn't – I'm not – I mean, it's just – they literally – there has been times when the Ravens – go about they shift their tight end okay so they got two tight ends right side let's say they shift over to the other side i have seen the steelers actually as soon as that shift happens all of them adjust and go right to where the ball's coming i mean like they know it's coming just based on how that shift went they knew where the ball was coming they already get up in the alignment and sometimes the guy who's got to flop with them has already jumped over before the shift happens he's waiting for him so to your point about knowing their tendencies and knowing how what they're going to do and knowing them, you're right. That's why it was kind of interesting that they ran it so well and they didn't handle it very well. That's um, that's why I just think you're going to see something different in this one. Um, not all the time. I mean, you can't do it all the time, but I think you got to create. Um, you can't make it easy on them, and the best way to not make it easy on which they the Steelers did that is they just lined up and said, "Here we are." Um, even at the snap of the ball, make it hard on them. You know, you can slant and scrape. Now, you got to be careful doing that too much, too, because if you get people out of sync, you know, I'm just saying from our perspective, we'd like you to do that. Yeah, you might blow over, up a run or two, but we're going to get you. We're going to pin your linebacker, and he's not going to scrape, and we're out the, we're out the hole. So you got to be careful when you do that. But I think the mixture of that, and they've always blended that stuff in very well, but I think it's going to require that, especially on the road. Uh, Merrill, put your uh, Ravens offensive coordinator hat on now, and I got a two-parter for you. If okay. if you're Baltimore, do you do the same thing that worked so well, 215 rushing yards the first time, and say, hey, they didn't stop us last time, they're not stopping us this time, or do you anticipate that the Steelers will change things up and try to change up in advance of their change up? And yeah. if you want to go that way, how much different – can the Ravens be given the vast limitations of this offense without Lamar Jackson? Right. Um, well, they, there's going to always be wrinkles. You know, there's little subtle wrinkles every matchup. I mean, no matter when you replay your opponent, I mean, we used to do it all the time. I mean, no matter who we played, Houston or Cincinnati or Cleveland, we always add little wrinkles. So, but 90, 85 to 90% of your offense is what you do. Okay, that's exactly – I mean, that's how you're going to win games. I and mean, those wrinkles can help. Um, I don't think there's any doubt they try to target them where they had those big runs. That power O is going to be – we talk about it every time. They're running that. They're going to probably run it eight times. Now, they're going to run it in a bunch of different ways, but they're going to run it eight to ten times. 
of the 30 sometimes that they run it, maybe even more. Um, they're outside zone, they're inside zones, and they're going to probably have a wrinkle or two, you know. And it may come off as the like you, like you mentioned, and um, this would be a good thing for them is to give them the, the Steelers the look where they ran right at those two bubbles and then right throw something off of it or have another wrinkle off of it because uh, but you got to challenge them got to see if they know how to if they're going to handle it um i wouldn't doubt that for a second you just i would never just assume ah they're going to do they're going to defend that better well let's see if they'll defend it and that's usually what everybody does they just let, let, let's make them prove to us that they can defend that so Merrill, the Ravens last week didn't have a single wide receiver run more than eight routes. Like that's unheard of at this level. Like, is that sustainable? Yeah. No, okay. not to win a championship. <laughs> yeah. Not to win. Not to win a championship. You know, listen. As much as I'm, I, I don't, I'm, I'm fanatic about the running game and how important it is. That's just one phase of an offense. Mm-hmm. And if that is all you have, that is as far as you're going to go. Um, you've got to be able to complement that. You know, and then that, that passing game has to have phases to it. You know, that's why I think there's a – when I look at the passing game, like the running game, running game, you got to be able to go strong side, weak side, inside, outside. Okay, I can tack you in a bunch of different ways. Well, the passing game the same way. i got short, intermediate, and vertical. I can attack you in all three layers. Um, once you've completed your offense like that, then you have a dangerous offense. And the reason phases and having a lot of phases are critical it's because of how good this game is and how talented everybody is and how smart everybody is. They're going to be able to neutralize something. So you've got to be able to use something else to win games. And when you just have one thing, you're eventually going to run to a team that can handle that, you know, or they're going to put you in a position where that's just not enough to catch up. You know, we've got 28 points. We've got a quarter left. Uh, we're not going to, we're not going to hit a 60 yard run, a 70 yard run, an 80 yard run here to get back in it. That happens in college. It just doesn't happen in the NFL. So, you know, but that's the thing that keeps them in games. It's a great way to build. You know, Atlanta's doing that. Um, Detroit has done that. Mm-hmm. And their offense has expanded. That's the problem, actually, with the Ravens, and that is going to be ultimately their demise. They do not have a quarterback there, Lamar or otherwise, that has that capacity. So they're always going to be limited. They're going to be able to do some things. On the passing game, they're effective. And soon some, you know, they hit a big play or a passer. But it's like, see, oh, he can throw it. Yes, he can. There's throws he can make. But when you think of all the phases that are required to be a champion, a Super Bowl champion, they just, they just don't have that. He, he's never had that. He didn't have it in Louisville, and he has not developed, developed it in the National Football League. So they lack that, and they know that. Mm-hmm. That's why they try all the things that they do. They know that. You just look at their design and their play calls. They tell you what they think. Why are they do all the way? Why did you just mention that? If you had a really good quarterback and you thought this quarterback Huntley was really good, is that what you would do as a play caller? No. You're doing that because you want to hide him and you're hiding. And you just, you just can't win a championship like that. Let's uh, put the X's and O's aside for a second and talk about emotion because these games, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, are always emotional yeah. games. Uh, we've seen in recent weeks, Larry Joby had his hair on fire in Carolina. You know, he Went to college yeah. down there. Uh, he's got some ties to the area. Uh, Cam Hayward led the charge on Franco Knight. Uh, what are the odds somebody, a T.J. Watt, uh, a Minka Fitzpatrick, somebody just rises up for the Steelers and says, you know what, these guys beat us at home last game. It's not happening again. And somebody plays Superman and everybody else just kind of grabs onto the cape defensively and goes along for the ride a little bit. 
Well, you know, um, listen, I, I, I rival. I, I look at this rival like the Houston Oilers were, you know, the House of Pain and how they were built. You know, it's, oh, it's almost very similar. I mean, except the mutual thing. respect thing. <laughs> yeah, from showing that, that's true. That, that does not exist. You know, it's a, it's, it's, I, I don't it's think Mike Tomlin, you know, you hear him called John Harbaugh Harbs and talks about what a great dance partner he is. I don't, I don't think Chuck Noll had the same thoughts about Jerry Glanville. <laughs> That's very true. That is that is you are spot on, brother. Um, so that being said, though, but the environment when you step inside those white lines, I mean, it's going to be a fist fight at the fifty, and you know that. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna drag yourself off the field. So, you know, I, I think everybody has to come with that that attitude. There's surely somebody that could spark it, Mike, like you mentioned, and you know, any one of those guys I think could do that, and probably will do that, and need to do that because. You know, as, as slim a hope as they have of getting the playoffs, well, they still got it. There's some teams that don't have any. And, you know, to be able to finish with two wins or really three um, would be really, I think, an incredible season for, you know, all the turnover and the, the new learning and the, the transitioning of a quarterback, uh, losing the legend and then bringing in new guys, you know, as a credit to the organization, how they fought through everything and not let – not let it get out of control. That would be the best you know, rally more. as a group since what year, Merrill? 89. It's all going back to 89, right, Mike? <laughs> Always. It's going to be 2023 in a matter of days, and it's still going to come back to 1989 then. <laughs> It's, two, it's 2089, and we're going to still talk about 1989. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, Merrill, i got a picky uh, question for you. I, I was – Okay. I'm a big believer that a quarterback has made it in this league when they can consistently excel in the red zone and in the intermediate areas, 10 to 20 yards. To me, those are the hardest throws to consistently complete at this level. And I was really looking at the numbers, and I think the, the tape follows this as well. Kenny's really struggling in those two areas. Is that a concern? Is that rookie growing pains? You know, where are you on that subject? Well, I, I... I, I think they're I think he's he's they're growing pains. Yeah, yeah. What he, he did in college, he really performed them well. So I don't get nervous about that. I'm not concerned about that. Now I would be if I'm like, boy, I never saw him do it in college either. Mm-hmm. You know, because this, this is what happens when you're looking evaluating a guy and you're you're trying to transition him. So my you know to match your point, you look for things like that. You know, and if they don't have those things, along with all the other things that are required. Um, and they start rearing their ugly head. You're like, oh, boy. But he did it in college, and he did it really well. And there are moments where he's done it better. Um, the touchdown that he threw, you know, to the end, that, that he, was, he was decisive and with authority. And he, he processed it, and he, made, and he made, you know, that ends up being the, game, the winning throw. So he performed better down there than he has to this point, which is growth. And the one thing that I always thought he did at college that really caught my attention is how he manages um, his drives and manages games and gets points. And, you know, and he, he, he executes the play. They, you know, people say he gets rid of the ball too quick. I'm like, are you kidding me? That is what makes – he's executing the play. He, on first and ten, if they take the dig away from you or the post away from you, but they give you the check down in the flat, that's what you should do. Now it's second and two versus trying to throw the dig. And now we're second and 10. I'll give you a guy, I'll give you a great example of this. Jay Cutler. This is why Jay Cutler got ran out of the league. This is why Jay Cutler got benched in Chicago. I remember he got benched in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, hum, you know what? I mean, I know that he has a big arm, okay? And Jay Cutler liked his big arm, and he tried to use that big arm, but he would never execute play. Well, I go look at the very first drive, and it was typical, almost like I just described. They ran a they called a play where they had a dig, but the coverage took it away. The flat was open. to try to steal the dig. Now we're second and ten. Well, they play another coverage. They try to run a post and take that away. Well, instead of taking the check down, he tries to throw the post. Now we're third and ten. Well, third and ten ain't easy. They blitz him. He's got to throw the ball away. We're punting. Now, he did that almost the entire game, and that was his MO. That was his biggest problem. Like, he couldn't manage himself. The best time he did it is when Mike Marks was there. You know, and I've known Mike for a long time. And, you know, but Mike had to ride him, like, every down, every play, you know, emphasize if it's not there, check it down. If it's not there, give it to the flat. If it's not there, give it to, you know. And after a while, that just, you know, that's where I get the coach has all the power, no control. You know, you can teach them and put them, tell them everything they need to do, what they should be doing. Well, once they enter the white lines, it's all, game, all bets are off, you know. That's what players are going to do what they want to do. That's why trust the player, having smart players is vital in winning a championship. You, you must have them. Merrill, last thing I got for you. Uh, there's a chance that by the time the ball kicks off Sunday, it's over in terms of the postseason. If, if Miami oh, beats New England, right. that's the ball game. Does that have any kind of effect, or is it Steelers-Ravens nah. and they're still going to play? It's, it's pro football and jobs are on the line. <laughs> that's, just, that's the bottom line. Jobs are always on the line. Man, and you're getting paid to play and paid to win. Um, you know, we're on scholarship. Um, uh, now, there's no, I'm obviously a little bit disappointed. You can't ignore that. I mean, the emotions of the Chiefs, but boy, it doesn't change how you play. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think it would. If you're if you're in a boxing no. match, you're probably not too worried about who won the fight before your fight. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's not going to end well. And it's the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. And, and let me just tell you this. If you're a coach, you know, you're part of that staff, and you see anybody that – let's say that does happen. Let's say Miami does win, okay, which I don't think Miami's going to beat them, but let's say they do. Um, and, okay, you know what I have it? If I see anybody quit, that's all I need to know. They ain't going to be on the team next year. I'd do my very best to make sure that that's not how you win. That's how you build a championship, I can just tell you that, not with people like that. You find out who you build, who you keep around to build championships with, in moments like this. You know, that's not the one when you're seven and zero. It's when you've done went through a year like this. You know, who's quit, who stayed there, who fought hard, who played hard, who still was responsible and prepared every week, and played the same way and tried to get better. That that's how you you build your team. Beautiful stuff, Merrill. As always, uh, happy New Year, and uh, we'll look forward to doing it again at least one more time. Next week in advance of Steelers-Browns. I look forward to it, man. Go Steelers. Merrill Hodge here on the preview. Man, he gets cranked up about that running game stuff, doesn't he? Heck yeah. Boy, it's been a theme the last month or so. And he has been spot on (laughs) the last month or so. Uh, Still got a few uh, details to get to before we call it a night, so keep it here with uh, Matt Williamson. I'm Mike Pursuta. You are listening to Steelers Preview right here on your Steelers flagship, 102.5, DVE, and SNR. Back to the Steelers Preview Show, presented by Unibet on DVE. Welcome back. Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Boy, I 
I could talk for hours with Merrill when he gets oh, wound yeah, up he like he was tonight. Talking running game and emotions and Franco and Cam. I mean, there were some hot-button topics for that guy. That there were. Hey, uh, Yin's Chat is the Steelers' predictive and trivia game. Answer questions, make picks, and win prizes. You can play on your own against Steeler Nation in our new public group, or you can create your own private group to compete against family and friends. I imagine your family and friends don't want to play this with you because – You'll be right every time. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're but... a professional. They're just amateurs. <laughs> uh, you can play InChat exclusively in the Steelers' official mobile app. And uh, our question uh, this week, these are all over-unders. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenny Pickett, over-under 25-and-a-half completions. Ooh. I think I'm going under on every offensive thing, period, no matter what. <laughs> uh, I don't care what the line is. Just give me the under anything offensive-related. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. And I don't, I think, uh, and I thought we saw a very conservative game from Pickett again mm-hmm. until they ac- absolutely had to let it rip a little bit on that last drive. But uh, I think it's going to be play it safe, try to move it, try to play field position, try to kick it when you can. There's going to yep. be a lot of rollout keepers that he runs for whatever he can get mm-hmm. uh, where he can throw it away uh, rather than risk throwing it to them. I just think I, they're going to play that right. way unless they absolutely have to not play that way. And I don't see how the Ravens are going to score a ton of points if they don't turn it over. I mean, this game might be 10-9. I mean, I really think it has a chance to be unbelievably low scoring, the way both these defenses are playing, where the quarterbacks are at, strengths and weaknesses of the team, overall familiarity. I mean, not only do they know each other extremely well as well as the coaching staffs, but they just played a couple of weeks ago. I mean, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of mystery here. And it's probably going to come down to Boswell or Tucker. Tucker, by the way, uh, I still think he's the best in the business. Now, oh, yeah. uh, we have talked uh, a number of times this year about how good kickers are now and how yeah, everybody right, right, right. bombs from way downtown. But uh, Justin Tucker had a 55-yarder blocked at home in that Atlanta game. Baltimore mm-hmm. beat Atlanta 17-9 to last Sunday. It's the second straight week he's had a field goal blocked. He's had three blocked this season, only had five of those in his first 10 years in the league. Wow, I didn't realize it was that few in the first 10 years. Yeah. I was aware of the ones recently. I mean, obviously the field goal block everyone's going to remember is Calais Campbell, who's questionable for this one, getting a hold of one of the Steelers. But I wonder, I mean, I don't know enough about special teams. Do they have a, a weakness there? Is it the same approach everyone's taken? Who knows? I mean, I, yeah, a, I haven't, I haven't broken knows? down right, my right, field right. goal protection tape. But <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, me neither, right. if it keeps happening, you think there's something. There's, a, that's a trend there, right? A miss. And, and Justin Tucker's so critical. I'm sure he's to not the Ravens too low all of a sudden. Anything and everything that uh, they can get accomplished. Hey, I know you're a big stats guy. You are mm-hmm. the author of uh, Matt's Stats on <laughs> Steelers.com and uh, other places. Uh, you know, we talked about this last game, but it bears repeating. Without Lamar Jackson since 2018, the Ravens are eight and eleven. With them, they're forty-five and sixteen. Yeah, I mean, and, and the what numbers do you need to know other than that reflect as much. Steelers defense uh, with and without T.J. Watt. This has been kind of a running theme this year. With T.J. Watt, they're six and two. And Watt has not even he's a shell. I mean, not, not he's like a shell himself, but Watt he's not the defensive player of the back. year. Right, yeah. right, right. They're one and six without him. I mean, these this are pretty season. strong trends. Six and two versus one and six. He's got to be their MVP. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. And I'm not discounting that because he has such impact in the way that you prepare all week. And I'm sure he's going to be secure on the edge. And, you know, maybe he doesn't even get a chance to get sacks in this game. But I think a big thing with, you know, since Watt's return, 
is also KZ's return. I mean, KZ to me was very important this past week. And, you know, is he TJ Watt? Of course not. But they've been pretty healthy and they're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of guys. And nobody was better than Cam Hayward last week. I, that was, that was I, remarkable. Yeah. I don't say this lightly. I don't think I've seen him play better. Right. And I've Which seen him add some monster phrase, games. Right. And I'm starting, maybe this is the trap you fall into. It's the end of the year. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, sure. but it, if they end up nine and eight or eight, eight and one, mm-hmm. um, something along those lines, does that tell you that the season wasn't the disaster that it appeared to be at two and six? I mean, honestly, if they get beat these last two games, I'm going to say it's not a disaster. I mean, the, the, the offense grew as a whole. I think you've identified a lot of strengths, the personality of the team. You've also identified some weaknesses, you know, as well of, you know, what to go do this offseason. I think they're becoming more and more clear, you know, who's who's in it to, for the long haul here. Everybody's auditioning, you know. So I, I do think if this is their version of a rebuild, I'll take it. Turning the page on the quarterback and right, right. getting that figured out and Absolutely. getting some of the young guys involved. It was interesting to hear Matt Canada today on the south side talk about that winning drive against the Raiders. And he said, hey, we had two second-year guys and two first-year guys. And he's talking about Najee Pickens and, Pickens, and Pickett and then uh, Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth. And, Fryermuth, right, right. and they're, that's the core of a pretty good offense. Absolutely. But, uh, right. You know, the, and you add a little bit. and you know, right. There were going to be growing pains. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, though. Uh, you talk about most valuable players and guys who fit that bill. Uh, the great regret for me in retrospect is not going and get Roquan Smith in August. No, oh, Because I, the Ravens went and got him before the deadline, and he has transformed their defense. I actually wrote an article this week about, hey, the Steeler D looks a lot better, but the off-the-ball linebacker play to me is leaves a lot to be desired and is really ri- rising up my off-season wish list. Yeah, I think that's that's right up there along with uh, quarter- other ones too, but quarterback, right, yeah. uh, defensive line. Sure. Could probably keep going. But, right, yeah, uh, there's plenty. We'll save that for uh, next week <laughs> at the uh, very earliest. Uh, Steelers preview on DVE is brought to you by Unibet. The only thing better than the Steelers win is the Steelers win the pace. Double down on your team with Unibet, proud partner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is going to do it for us tonight. Thanks for finding us, however, and wherever you found us. Thanks to Shirtless Tom filling in tonight. Uh, no drop-off in the lineup, uh, Tom, oh, behind Kevin. the glass. Standards are standard. Keeping us bringing you uh, what we love to bring you each and every Thursday. We'll do it again next Thursday in advance of the regular season finale. Until then, until then for Merrill Hodge and Matt Williamson, I'm Mike Pursuta. This has been Steelers Preview on your Steelers flagship, 102.5 DVE and SNR. Good night, everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.